0: Welcome back to another episode of Fatties and Fourteeners. I'm Mike Phelps, a.k.a. Chains, and today I will be talking about Mount Princeton and La Plata. Uh, the last couple hikes I've gone on, I've actually gone by myself because, um, you know, basically work schedules. Uh I, I do prefer going with somebody. It makes me feel a lot safer when I'm trying to explore new difficulties, different alternative routes off the standard path, um, stuff like that. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So, um, I also want to talk about kind of the new layout of this podcast. A lot of people that I talk to about their adventures and hiking and the feedback I get from this podcast it sounds like most people are interested in having somewhat of a spiritual talk included in the podcast so I decided to throw it on at the end um, just in case there are people that really could care less about that stuff I won't make them sit through it so getting into Mount Princeton This was a pretty fun one, I mean there wasn't really much to it. Uh, There's a bottom parking lot that begins the hike up to the towers, but if you have a jeep or a truck this will be much easier for you. You can just take the 4x4 trail up to the towers or you could continue west once you get to the towers. Basically right at Treeline is where the 4x4 trail ends and that will encourage you to take the spine up to Mount Princeton as opposed to turning right to the hiking trail and just taking the standard route. The only thing you really got to look for is like I said that main turn off off the 4x4 trail up the hill. There's going to be a sign off to the side uh, that explains that's the right way to go so just keep your eyes out for that and then once you get inside the little bowl of the spine and the peak you'll see that there's a the old route the old standard route that goes along alongside kind of underneath the spine and then it'll start switchbacking like crazy as you finish off the last, you know, thousand feet of elevation gain but the better Better route is known as the new route. How clever. But um, you're just going to look to the left for any kind of cairns pointing you the way. Um, if you don't know what a cairn is, it's just stacked rocks. So any kind of sign that a human's been there before and trying to get your attention, just look for those. Um, other than that, um, it's getting crowded in the mountains and it's been crowded for the last month and a half or two. Which has been such a long time since I've posted any kind of new content. I haven't been able to explain the changes that I've been going through when preparing for these hikes. I've downsized my bag significantly. You know, I'm not going out into winter conditions, trying to survive. <laughs> uh, so I've got my bag down to essentially just a... A very basic first aid kit uh, hatchet with magnesium and flint in case I need to start a fire. <laughs> sorry about that. Actually, not sorry. I love thunder. But, um yeah, I got t- usually between two or three liters of water in my pack, along with a couple snacks, maybe some dry socks. I've... Upgraded to a sun hat Which is really really Amazing I cannot Tell you the difference Just a $20 sun hat Makes the little flaps on the sides And then the the part in the back That covers your neck It's a lot more lightweight than Wearing a normal hat I don't know I'm all in with that um, Frog tog in case it rains Hiking in shorts now uh, lighter shoes lighter socks so really enjoying that side of things but along with the good weather you know comes a lot of people so if you're not getting up there at the trailhead you know around 5 five you're going to be most likely dealing with a good amount of people so i would encourage you to get out there as early as you can even if that means hiking a couple hours in the dark with headlights Um, just to find that solitude or time alone with a partner um, whatever you like so yeah I've just been taking the standard route up but on Princeton when I was looking down I saw there was about 20-25 people coming so I just stuck to the spine and then took the 4x4 trail down until it joined up with um, where the hiking trail spits back out so that was fun And it also made me realize how much I enjoy scrambling, using my hands. You know, I love hiking with poles as well. So, its I know that I'm getting into interesting hiking or stuff that interests me when I have to put up the poles because it's safer for me to use, you know, my hands and my feet. So that being said there I wanted to give you guys a class breakdown because I do want to encourage you to step outside your comfort zone um, and just find the class hiking you like so class one basically is just easy hiking with a very small amount of elevation gain and few or no obstacles class two is gonna be a little bit more difficult there's, you may see some off trail spots, and it uh, I guess that's really all there is to two I mean, it's just a little bit harder than class one, but nothing that nothing like scrambling, which would be class three scrambling or unrope climbing, and then class four is gonna be climbing with a rope because you know if you fall, it could be fatal. So class four is climbing with a rope or no rope, but just knowing that you are getting into the level of difficulty where you could lose your life class 5 is going to be more technical climbing where you would break it down even further into the decimals you know 5.1 so 5.10 all the way up to 5.14 and then they break down 5.14 into uh, even smaller class A, B, C, and D so knowing that about class climbing um, for me personally I like 3 with some class 4 it, I think the class four, if it was a straight class four, I would want a partner. But hiking solo, I think I. that's my comfort zone is class three with a little bit of class four moves. I say that kind of, you know, I kind of have a bias for that because Ellingwood Ridge was one of the my favorite adventures I've gone on. Uh, didn't go perfect. As a matter of fact, I kind of put myself in a little bit of a situation, but yeah, let's get into La Plata. Um, La Plata, the standard route is going to be the northwest approach, and it is just beautiful, but there is a lot of elevation gain, probably like a mile of elevation gain. (laughs) But, you know, I did studying up on 14ers.com on where to turn off for Ellingwood Ridge, which is class three with some class four moves. And I thought I took the right way, but I came to a spot where it was like a fork in the road and I saw a rock sitting right in the middle of the trail. So I was like, this is this definitely got to be it. So I followed that. It was, you could tell it was a lot less trafficked. The grass started growing in on it. It just started narrowing. Um... But yeah, the clouds were just so thick. If you if you live in Colorado, about a week and a half or two ago, there was really thick clouds. I'm sure you remember it. But you know, up in the high country, it was even even worse. Um, so that being said, I was looking for the ridge, looking for the ridge, couldn't put my eyes on it just because my vision was totally blocked, and thought I was making good time in about. 45 minutes later, I realized I got frodo So if you've seen Lord of the Rings, you know the conversation that they that he has with Sam when they realize that they've walked in a circle. So realizing that I didn't want to spend all day looking for Ellingwood Ridge from the bottom, I just took the northwest approach up the standard route. And once I got up to the top and saw Ellingwood Ridge, I I had to go for it. I mean, my heart had been set on Ellingwood Ridge more than the summit of La Plata. So I wasn't going to miss this opportunity to go. The clouds made me a little bit nervous. I mean, just to be honest. And the moisture in the air, the on and off sprinkling and just the mist from the clouds uh, made for slippery rocks um, there was tons of loose boulders, huge shifting boulders. I mean, like I'm talking the size of your car, you know, that could shift out onto your feet. So, uh, that, that being said, just really, really check each hand hold or foot placement, just test each movement before committing to it. Um, on that day, I probably shook loose 20 or 30 sizable rocks and had a pick couple big boulders shift underneath me. They didn't completely collapse or fall, but they shifted. So, I mean, it was one of those things where I was on high alert the whole time. Um, but unfortunately, when I was going down Ellingwood Ridge, about 80% of the way... I followed the wrong... It was like a splinter off of the main ridge. Um, And I just ended up going down the wrong spot. And it spit me out into a boulder field that took me probably three, three to four hours to get out of. I was bushwhacking and it was just one of those situations where I was a little bit upset with myself that I put myself there but at the same time i you know i'm just not i'm not a negative person when i'm out there alone it was it's just fun for me i'm not going to let that ruin my day so i just remained calm i feel like i just needed to think about the map that i had placed in my head from you know studying the previous week i knew that if i was in between la plata and the collegians that that river runs down and flows into twin lakes and the 82 runs um west to east right there so I knew I'd eventually hit the road so I I was panicked a little bit because I didn't see a trail and it was very slow moving um but yeah I just remained calm and watched each step you know like I said wet boulders any kind of broken ankle would obviously put put me in a situation much worse than I was already in so yeah I mean it is embarrassing to get lost but I mean it is what it is when you're trying to try new things and I can't be ashamed about that You know, I saw Ellingwood Ridge and I just went for it. And, you know, I don't have any regrets. It was actually probably one of the most exciting hikes that I've gone on. And now I'm actually searching for more Class 3 or 4 alternative routes instead of taking the standard way because, I don't know, the rookie shoes are too small now and I'm kind of trying to explore new things. And you know, using my hands and feet, like I said, is just my, my go-to spot. So here's where it'll enter into the spiritual. Um, I don't really know how to explain my experiences out there, but when I break away from society and don't have to interact with anybody else, you know, I'm not nothing's required of me i'm just allowed to participate in and i just love getting lost in my thoughts out there you know when i'm by myself i always think about how many people have been here before me and how old is the earth and just all kinds of stuff stupid stupid colorado hippie stuff and um I don't know, man. It's just there's something about just being a participant in, you know, the, the most ancient story that we have. I mean, before all religious books were written, before any prophets appeared, before any of that stuff, you know, this earth was put here, they say now probably like 13.7, just round up at that point uh, 14 billion years and just looking at the breaks on the ridges and the the exposure that comes from uh, a giant rock breaking in half and you know the different minerals and just all that stuff just seeing the way that the rivers flow down and it just seems to be such a polar opposite than what I feed my brain every day, whether it's on purpose or if it's just coming in through the radio or, you know, angry drivers or, you know, fill in the blank. It's just I allow myself to be filled with so many negative thoughts and negative thinking and argue about this and argue about that. Man, it's just nice to get into the nothingness of just participating in nature and you know i the reason i wanted to include this into the podcast is because i've i've had a lot of people request that i talk about that kind of stuff because that's what they experience when they're out there they may not put their finger on a specific name or a specific religion but when they're out there they say that you know they feel closer to you know a source or you know Some go as far as to say a creator and it's just, it's one of those things where I try to put it on a podcast, but words really can't describe what it does to you. So, I mean, I've said it before on the podcast, it must be special if people will go out of their way to exert so much energy on the weekend when they could be resting and then show up to work on Monday um You know, tired and recovering But that's why You know, it's, it's worth the cleansing of the soul The emptying of the mind You know, in society we're told to get an education And do this and that to better yourself But, you know, instead of knowledge The unknowing that brings in the awe and wonder of things I believe is a little bit more important and probably more accurate you know we see the joy in children even in times of quarantining it seems to be the children that are able to laugh and you know piss off their parents by being too happy and shit like that but um but yeah I think there is something to that the unknowing and just participating and you know, there's nothing required of you except for to go. So, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fatties and Fourteeners. Uh, shout out to Johnny and Ashley for summoning Pike's Peak for your anniversary hike. Um, you guys are killing it with Roll Dog Fitness. Proud of you guys. Um, and hopefully, next episode I will have other people on. We are. Most likely going to do Missouri Mountain, and then we're going to take the ridge across to do Belford and then back to Oxford, but uh, we will see. Enjoy the sound of frogs.